Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, I'm not sure what I did wrong, but the entire episode sounds a little muddy today. Uh, I'm not sure if I can fix it in post, but I just I, I started editing and I was like, why does it sound so weird? Uh, my settings all seem the same. I then recorded a little bit afterwards to see if it sounded different, and it certainly sounds different. So I'm not sure what I did beti- between the time that I recorded and started editing, but it sounds different. And I just want to let you guys know this is now what it usually sounds like. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to the muddy episode. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Peter J. Ortiz, also known as Shellshock Prime. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. How's it going, everybody? It is Saturday. This is episode 67 of Switchcraft. It's August 12th, and... Let's start with some feedback. It's me, WMC, reviewed the show on iTunes. They said, found him from a Switchcast episode, and so glad I did. Informative in a short amount of time, but still full of information. Uh, Thank you very much, It's Me, WMC. I appreciate it. If you haven't reviewed the show yet, uh, please do so if you can. If not, just listening is always um, very much appreciated. So uh, thank you very much. I've got a couple of voicemails to play for you guys today, uh, so let's go ahead and jump in on the first one, which is actually a response to questions that I asked on a previous voicemail. Hello, uh, Switchcraft. This is Justin. Um, I was responding to your questions you had about Severed. Um, the controls for the Vita originally were like Fruit Ninja style uh, swiping to cut things. And then um, you moved with the physical controls, um, and that was how it worked. Uh, the combat's actually pretty simple, but it's pretty in-depth once you start cutting off limbs and attaching them to yourself. And uh, it's really cool. It's about a six-hour campaign, and um, I actually looked on the Switch. The only way to play it is um, in handheld or uh, tabletop mode. So you cannot use it in the console mode, at least. The, the icons weren't there when I checked it on the uh, Nintendo store. All right, so thank you very much, Justin, for responding. Uh, I appreciate that a whole bunch. Um, the idea that I have to play it in handheld mode is something that is kind of a deal-breaker for me. I know that I, I really like Drinkbox Studios or Drinkbox Games. I forget what they're called. I think that they make fantastic games, and Severed looks cool artistically, as well as game design wise, but as a Twitch streamer, it's just I very seldomly have time to put into games that I cannot also stream. Uh, and not being able to stream it in the console, that means it's probably not a game for me. But hey, you know what? Not every game is for every person. So 
that's something that we always have to kind of remind ourselves. But thank you very much for sharing that information about Severed. Um, if you guys are interested at all, make sure that you check out Severed because he's giving it glowing reviews. And I've heard quite a few good things uh, about that game from multiple places. All right, let's jump into the second voicemail. Hey, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, very informative, and it's nice to hear uh, Nintendo Switch news coming from an adult. Uh, can't say the same about some other podcasts out there. I don't want to name any names. Quick question for you. I'm definitely uh, OCD about my electronics. Just picked up a Switch. Already have like a 40-hour save going with Zelda. Um, I noticed the right side of my screen pops up a little bit, say a millimeter or so, like I said. OCD. Um, wondering if that's a normal thing. I've read around online. Um, hard to find a straight answer, but it seems to be a, uh, a common thread that screens are tend to pop up on the right side of the system. Um, just wanted to see if you've encountered this and if it happens to get worse. I'd really rather avoid having to send it back to Nintendo. Uh, thanks again. I'll uh, keep listening to the podcast and uh, keep up the great work. By the way, the name's JJ. Uh, I'm from uh, Pennsylvania. Well, JJ, thank you very much for the voicemail. I appreciate it. Um, this is an a, an issue that I've not really heard very much about, and I pay pretty close attention to uh, Nintendo Switch news, so that surprises me. Uh, I looked at mine. I looked at my son's. I haven't seen uh, the right side of the screen popping up on either of them. Now, what my recommendation would be is, I'm sorry, but I think you should send it back to Nintendo. Um, I've, I personally have sent two Joy-Cons to Nintendo. The turnaround time was very, very quick. Um, so my recommendation to you is to call Nintendo as soon as possible with the console having such bad PR when it first launched due to the Joy-Con issue. I feel like Nintendo is very sensitive to bad press, uh, and, when I shipped my Joy-Cons to them, I mean, I was lucky because I had another I had controllers, I had a Pro controller, so I could continue to play when while the Joy-Cons were gone. Um, but they were not gone for long. the The Joy-Cons were gone for less than a week. Um, Nintendo paid all of the shipping. All I had to do was drop them off at a at the local drop off site, and then they shipped them straight back to my house as soon as they were fixed. They were actually fixed. Uh, they don't go all the way to Japan or anything. They had like a local shop fix them. Now, will that be the same case when you have to send your entire console? I don't know. But definitely don't wait any longer. Stop listening to the podcast right now and call Nintendo and see what they uh, have, what, what options that they have for you. Captain Logan in chat says, uh, I have a buddy in Arizona who has had consistent issues with Joy-Con connectivity. He's had to send his whole system back to Nintendo at least twice, and the turnaround was three days depending on the day shipped. Uh, and I'm sure that also depends on the time shipped. So I recommend that you definitely uh, look into that and sooner rather than later. You don't want to get any more time into Zelda uh, and, and then have to... I, there, there is a possibility that they won't be able to save your save data or transfer your save data. But I have seen people, uh, on, like on Reddit, anecdotally, say things where uh, they had shipped off their system and gotten a replacement for whatever reason. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was the, the issue that you're talking about. 
Um, but uh, where they had received a different switchback and their save data was transferred over. I know that there's rumors that Nintendo can't do that, but I've seen anecdotally people say that they can. Um, so I hope you get that worked out, and thank you very much for listening to the show. I very much appreciate it. Um, that's it for voicemails. Actually, I think that, yeah, that's it for feedback. Um, one thing that I do want to point out to everybody before we jump into the news is that I uh, hopped on Twitch yesterday, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, and um, I redesigned the podcast artwork. And if you were there, I just wanted to say thank you to the people uh, who were there and were uh, giving me um, feedback while I was making the podcast art. But if it's not showing up in your podcatcher, just make sure that you uh, maybe unsubscribe and resubscribe to it. Or if you're using, what's the name of the, um, if you use Pocket Casts like I do, you can just refresh all podcast artwork and it'll download it. Uh, I definitely think it looks better than the old one. Uh, the old red and white one was cool, but there's too many red and white ones out there. So I made one that was a little bit different. Uh, I, I don't think that I've seen a design that looks quite like this out there, and I'm pretty happy with the results. But anyway, let me know what you guys think. All right, let's jump into the news. Well, listen, you can't have a show that has anything to do with technology and never have to talk about a lawsuit because Wikipad, which is basically an Android tablet that comes with a detachable controller... Uh, the creators of Wikipad are suing Nintendo over the Joy-Con, saying that they're violating their patents. Now, I don't know anything about um, patent law. I don't know anything about trademark law and that kind of thing. I'm not a copyright attorney. I'm not any kind of attorney. And I can see why the developers of the Wikipad might look at the Nintendo Switch and say, boy, oh boy, you know, the controllers slide on the side or they attach on the side, our controllers attach on the side. Um, but I don't know exactly what patent that they are saying that Nintendo violated. If it's just the idea of a controller that slides onto the side and locks on, well, then I think that that's where our patent, uh, patent office has fallen down because it's just attaching a controller to the side. You're not doing anything... Yes, they were doing something that people hadn't done before, but they're not inventing something new. It didn't feel like it was inventing something new. Uh, whereas, if they are, if Nintendo had copied on copied their locking mechanism or something like that, then I think that they've got a a, a leg to stand on. I'm just not really sure one way or the other. Uh, now, the WikiPad it comes with a seven-inch tablet and it costs two hundred dollars. Uh, so I don't really think that it's, uh, it, it, I don't think it ever had a, a real chance. And the reason why I don't think it had a real chance is because it was a device made where the software is definitely designed to work with a touchscreen only input. And some software might support controllers, but most software will not. And because of that, the controller's really not going to not going to get that much use. So when they designed the WikiPad, it's like they were saying, "All right, well, not a whole lot of people are going to get very much use out of this part of it, but 
for the very few people that will, we're going to sell it. And I think that's fine. That's very fine. But I, I can't imagine that they ever thought, man, these things are going to fly off the shelves because they didn't have developers de designing stuff for the tablet with contr uh, physical controls in mind. Whereas if you look at the Switch, the developers are all making games with the physical controls in mind. Of course, ignoring what uh, we just learned about uh, the game Severed, which is a touchscreen game. Um, so I, th I almost feel like this is just them saying, man, look at them. They did what we tried to do, and they did it so well. Um, so just so you know, uh, they are saying that they want a cut of all sales and they want a ban on all Switch sales. So if Nintendo Switch is suddenly unable to be purchased anywhere, you'll know why. I don't think that this is going to go very far. I'm sure that Nintendo will probably, um, if if they have a leg to stand on, if Wikipad has a leg to stand on, then Nintendo will probably just settle. They'll probably just say they'll throw some money at the problem because Nintendo, even though they have been um, unprofitable for quite a while now, they still have pretty large cash reserves, and they'll probably just throw money at them and say, go away, leave us alone. Um, or if they don't have a leg to stand on, then Nintendo will say, all right, well, we'll see you in court. And uh, Nintendo is going to be able to bring a lot more lawyers to this than Wikipad. Um, if Nintendo did, in fact, steal the design, and that design is something that is worth patenting, uh, all too often, patents, especially in the U.S., uh, get filed and they get approved for ridiculous things like the ability to uh, use hardware to move a cursor on the screen. Well, okay, that's not patentable. It's a simple thing, all right? Um, a touch screen interface. Okay, that's not specific enough. Let's come up with something a little more specific. Now, if the Wikipad has these very specific locking mechanisms that are that that make it easy to put the controls on and off of the device, and Nintendo did in fact steal that stuff, well then I hope that Wikipad wins. But my guess is this is just a patent on something that is just too general, which is more often the case with patent law in the U.S. What do you guys think? Do you think that that uh, Wikipad has um, a leg to stand on. Uh, has anybody out there actually have a Wikipad? I'm interested in what you think of the actual device. I, my guess is most people who uh, ended up getting a Wikipad probably used it for emulation. And, and if that's the case, then they're probably still using it because it's not like those games get worse over time. Uh, anyway, let me know. Captain Logan in chat just um, posted... Uh, links to Nintendo's patent for the Switch and Wikipad's patent for the um, for the Wikipad. Sorry, and uh, just looking at them, I feel like I feel like they're just too general uh, for patents. And one thing that I would say is I I feel like Wikipad doesn't really have grounds to stand on just because the patent is too general. And that's not the fault of Wikipad. That's not the fault of Nintendo. That's the fault of the U.S. Patent Office. Um, that being said, who's right and who's wrong here? Well, I, th I think the Nintendo is right here. However, let's say that Sony turned around and made 
a device that was just like the Switch, and Nintendo tried to sue them uh, over using this patent, in that case, I would say that Nintendo is wrong, and Sony would be right, because you're, it's just a controller that slides onto the side. That's all it is. Um, I think that it's a little crazy for them to think that just a controller sliding on the side is something that should be patentable. Again, I'm not a lawyer, so you guys will have to uh, be the judges of that. Anyway, thank you to Captain Logan for those links. Uh, it made uh, it a little bit easier to understand, although the wording in these, of course, is filled with legalese and hard to read. Um, can't you guys just speak English, lawyers? Come on. You get a low score for this game. JPI is one of the biggest um, display manufacturers in Japan. And they are, well, according to this particular article, they are the sole supplier of Nintendo Switch displays. Now, I've read uh, anecdotally in some places that, they, that uh, Nintendo actually has three separate suppliers uh, for Nintendo Switch displays, uh, JPI being one of them. Uh, this article says that they are the only one, but I couldn't find one way or the other if this was going to happen now, or if that was true, I mean. Uh, apparently, JPI is having some financial trouble, and this is according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, they have a net loss of 31 billion yen, which is about $284 million in one financial quarter. That's in one quarter, which is not good. Um, I guess things are not looking very good for them, and they actually announced that they are okay or that they would not rule out a partnership with a Chinese or Taiwanese company to survive. The the issue, the reason I'm talking about it on here is because if um if the developer developer, if JPI goes under, then Nintendo is going to have to find some other place to get um their displays from. Uh, now, JPI apparently makes very, very good displays, and you know I've said it before, and I've heard a lot of people say it as well, that the display on the N Nintendo Switch is very, very good. It's a fantastic screen, which is impressive because Nintendo has, for years, uh, in their handheld devices... Uh, uh, calm down, Nintendo. I know you say it's a home console, but it's a handheld, okay? Um, but in their handheld devices, they have put crappy screens... Uh, for the most part. So I was really impressed when I saw the screen in the Switch. Hopefully they're able to get it, because if JPI folds and Nintendo suddenly has trouble getting screens, that means that this idea that Nintendo has of being able to make sure that they meet consumer demand this year, that's going to be tough for them. I mean, right now, even with them being able to make them at the rate that they are, they're having trouble meeting consumer demand. Um, people in Japan are lining up in giant, ridiculous lines with 5,000 people in them in order to get, to get a lottery ticket. And the winners of the lottery end up being given the chance to buy an actual Switch. I mean, it's pretty crazy how in demand this item is. And can you imagine if they suddenly are not able to manufacture as many as they already are? That would be very, very bad for them. Uh, JPI uh, is suffering most of this problem because their biggest customer, uh, it, Apple, is moving away from L LCD screens in favor of OLED screens. This is um, that's rumored, I believe. 
currently, iPhone displays make up over 50% of JPI's revenue. So if Apple is moving to OLED, that means that they are going to be having a huge, um, a huge gulf in their con- uh, customer base. So they, they, they're going to cut all of their revenue in half. Uh, that's real bad for them. So I, I hope that they are able to survive. I almost think Nintendo's got large cash reserves. Maybe Nintendo should just buy them and say, all right, well, now you're making just stuff for us. I don't know. I'm not a business guy. Uh, again, that's this is two stories in the news that I feel like I have to talk about because it's uh, new, newsworthy, but that I can't speak with any kind of intelligence about because I don't know the business world and I don't know... Um, how law works very, very well. Uh, but anyway, uh, check out the link in the show notes and you can read uh, the whole thing. And they they even link to the Wall Street Journal article if you've got a subscription there. Uh, let's move on to some new games. Not a whole lot of news uh, to talk about today. However, I do want to just let you guys know what are some new um Games that you can pick up on the eShop. Well, Phantom Trigger, I talked about it on last episode. Um, that game is out. It was, I believe, on. I believe it's going to be on sale for the first week. However, I can't personally see it on the Switch because I've already bought it, and I can't see what the price is. Uh, Flip Wars, which is that game which kind of looks like um, you control like a Halo dude, and uh, you guys butt stomp this weird grid and it changes the colors. That is on the Switch this week for $9.99. It looks like a fun party game. I'm going to hold off for now. I've got plenty of party games for the Switch. Iron Cast is also on the Switch. That's $12.99. Uh, they say it's a turn-based strategy game. It meets explosive mech combat, um, which is really weird because when you look at the gameplay it looks like puzzle quest so i'm very confused as to what this game is actually like but uh very interesting um it supports uh, you can play this one on the tv so that's that's good to know and then i just hit the wrong button on my switch so i can't see it the other game is rocket fist which is a top down dodgeball game and the price of that is I'm I'm just waiting to find it right now. I can't click on it. It's nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, so thank you very much, Captain Logan, for typing that in real quick. You are awesome, sir. Now, uh, if you are which which of these four games are you guys most interested in? I personally think that Phantom Trigger is amazing, and you should definitely pick it up. It is going to be on sale right now. It's fourteen ninety nine. Uh, however. It is going to be on sale for the first week, I believe, at, I think, $12.99. So you get $2 off, which is really not that big a deal. Uh, and you can, of course, get Neo Geo The King of Fighters 2000 for $7.99. I always forget about the Neo Geo games. There's so uh, many of them. Um, let's jump into the lightning round. Actually, no, we've got gameplay coming up. Uh, so we'll talk about what games that I play since the last time we spoke. And uh, then we'll do the lightning round. Well, excuse me, princess. So I thought that I was going to be playing more Phantom Trigger, but my son was busy doing stuff, and I wanted to play some Splatoon. So uh, Splatoon is the game that I've played. Uh, I know that the Splatbrella is now out. 
I don't have enough money to get it. I have to wait until I save up some, uh, what, whatever the currency is called in Splatoon. I have to save up some of that so I can buy some, uh, or buy the Splatbrella. I think that thing looks incredibly fun. Um, but I've been playing a bunch of uh, ranked mode, and I've had a lot of fun with that, especially Rainmaker and Tower. Um, Rainmaker and Tower Control are really fun because I feel like the game can swing wildly where you can just be dominating and then in the next moment uh, it can go way the other direction and you're, you just have to really pay attention. One thing that I did notice uh, when I was playing yesterday, it really kind of ticked me off, is I had some people who were on my team and they would grab the Rainmaker and bring it to our goal, not the enemy goal where we're supposed to take it, but they would bring it all the way to our goal. And it's not like I can take it away from them. Uh, so basically they were just helping the enemy win and it was really annoying. I also had some people who were AFKing, which was very, very irritating as well. And I didn't see any way in game for me to report them. So I don't know if you can. Um, I, I really like Rainmaker. That's very fun. Uh, and tower control is also excellent. Uh, I, I almost wonder if they should have added a tutorial mode in the single player to help you understand how Rainmaker works, how control tower works. And I know that Captain Logan agrees with me because he just typed that. Um, and splat zones. I don't like splat zones. I wish that you could pick which mode that you wanted to play. Like, all right, I want to play Rainmaker right now. I'm not interested in Control Tower or splat zones. Uh, or maybe you just want to play splat zones. Maybe you disagree with me and think that it's awesome. For me, it's not fun. Uh, splat zones is. But the other two modes are really, really great. I went from C- to C+, um, while I was playing. And I had a lot of fun, but then I went back down to C, I believe. Uh, so I've got some work to do to um, to catch up. I know that there's some listeners and or some viewers, if you're a Twitch viewer, um, who have asked me, hey, uh, Bill, do you want to uh, make a team for League Battle? And I absolutely would love to. I just cannot catch up to people. Uh, people are they, they Everybody has a little more time than I do because I have to play different games on my Twitch uh, channel. I have to record the podcast three days a week. I've got uh, my family to deal with, so I, I just can't play as much as everybody else can. And so I'm always kind of a little bit left behind when it comes to that multiplayer stuff. But that would be something that I'd like to do. So that's what I'm focusing on in Splatoon 2 right now is just getting that B, I think it's B plus rank that you have to get in order to do league mode. Uh, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. So that is what I've been playing uh, the past couple days. What have you guys been playing recently? That is the question that I want to know. Why don't you guys email me? Let me know. Runjumpstomp at gmail.com. All right, everybody. It's time for the lightning round. This is where I talk really, really fast like the Micro Machine Man. Actually, no. I just say less about each thing. Uh, so... Uh, we're going to continue with some Splatoon 2 stuff. The Splatbrella is finally here. When I saw this announced, I got really excited. And basically what this looks like is a you open the umbrella and it flings ink forward, which is really, co really cool. But 
it also acts as a shield, so you can hold the umbrella open, and now you've got a shield in front of you, and it's kind of like Reinhardt's shield in Overwatch if you've played that game, uh, which lots of people have. Uh, and then you can even charge forward, kind of throwing ink as you go, uh, which is very, very neat. Uh, the sub-weapon that it comes with is the uh, Lawn Sprinkler, and its special is Ink Storm, which is basically a very cool area denial thing. Um, basically, you put a cloud in the air and it rains down your color ink, which makes people want to vacate that area very, very quickly. Uh, so you can kind of create choke points with those two. Uh, it's 8,300 coins to pick up the Splatbrella, and I'm going to be getting one as soon as I save up that money, which really doesn't take very long. Um, Next in the lightning round, somebody modded their Switch to look like the Sheikah Slate. They obviously are very, very talented, although I would not want to game on this machine. It looks cool, but it's not something... I. It looks really odd when you see it with the screen on, because the screen is so beautiful and gorgeous, and then you've got this old, worn-down-looking uh, case around it. Um They've done they've done an amazing job recreating the Sheikah slate, but it's not something that I would personally want. Uh, but check out the link in the show notes, and you can check out the video for it. Uh, last thing for today is that Resident Evil is available for pre-order on the Switch. This is Resident Evil Revelations, which contains Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2. I've never played either of these games, and I'm kind of looking for a scary game to play. And... I don't know what I want. I've been thinking about picking up Soma, and I, this is for streaming. I've, I've been thinking about picking up a scary game to stream. I had a lot of fun and success streaming Alien Isolation, which scared the hell out of me. Um, so I'm looking for another scary game to play. Most of the time I don't like scary games because they are also gory games. Uh, I don't know if this particular version of Resident Evil is gory, but I'm sure that it's scary. Um... I'm not sure what game I want to play, but I definitely want to play a scary game. If you guys have recommendations, let me know. I'm looking for something scary, but not gory. I've heard that Soma is very, very good, and I did get a free copy of... Oh, what is the name of the game now? I can't remember. Uh, Until Dawn uh, on my PS4. That's one of the uh, the PS4, the PS Plus uh, free things this month is a copy of that game. And I've been thinking about playing that one. I heard that's pretty good, although not super scary. Uh, anyway, let me know what you guys think. But it's the lightning round, and uh, let's wrap this up. Well, guys, that is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story I missed or a topic that you want me to talk about, make sure that you email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give a voicemail call, 260-RUN-JUMP, 786-5867. I have one more to play, I believe, and I'll get that next episode. Uh, join the Discord, uh, and uh, that's runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And, of course, stop by the live stream sometime, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, just listening is huge. Share the show with a friend. You know, if there's somebody out there that you know that might like to to listen to the show, just let them know. Post about it on your on your your forums where you guys go. Uh, tweet about it if you want. Uh, if you're looking for uh, other ways to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com/support. There you can find links to the Patreon, my Amazon affiliate link, uh, the Doc socks uh, that my wife makes. 
Uh, Splatoon ones are incoming. My wife uh, has ordered some of that fabric from Japan, and we'll see how long it takes to get here. Um, but that is all for today. The music, thank you very much to Noteblock for the Balloon Trip Remix. I'm out of here, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.